Welcome to the Fullcaster Podcast, episode 50. Our guest today is one of the absolute best in the business when it comes to sport karting out here at CalSpeed, Logan Calvin. Uh, jokingly, actually referred to as Calvin Speed there for a few years when it was just Logan uh, winning damn near everything. Right. It's going to be really cool to get him on. And we've been trying to get him on, as far as the sport carters go, Logan's been at the sharp end of our list for a long, long time, and he's always giving us the finger. He's never coming out here. Yeah. He's not doing it. And then we got in a little bit of a bind, and uh, we had a few other guys that uh, just things didn't work out, couldn't get on here. And I'm like, Derek. We had I, to pay I, off somebody. You got to yeah. get me somebody. <laughs> and uh, and Logan's uh, Logan's here going to hang out with us. So I'm stoked to get him on here and chat with him about uh, maybe some of the heydays of, of sport karting, both uh, here and elsewhere. But uh, obviously, we got... Uh, Current events that we need to hit uh, here, Derek. And uh, first and foremost, literally today, you got home from Indiana for the long-awaited Cup Carts Grand Nationals. Yeah, uh, this, you're still glowing. So Dude, it, yeah. it must have been a good time. I'm still like uh, processing the whole weekend. It was it was just so much fun to be at a big event like that, not at Cal Speed, different team, different go kart, just learning everything from the ground up. Because you you we would talk about how you had not been to other tracks for the most part, right? I mean, yeah, you'd run at Adams, Willow, do some Paris practice for practice, days. but this is your absolute first event anywhere other than Cal Speed. Correct, yeah. So, you know, stuff kind of lined up. I was able to get um, some sponsorship together to go do these some of these big races. I mean, I still have this um, summer showdown to go do, super showdown. Thank you. And uh, But, yeah, CKNA was at the top of the list, and I was able to make it happen. I hit up Race LeBronte. He started running with MPG Motorsports out of Indiana, so they're a local team to that track, which helped out. But we're on the willpower cart, all 206 is there, and um, man, went out for Thursday practice. Two seconds off in that first session, went uh, went out for the next session, found a lot of pace, and I was stoked because I never would found two seconds again the whole weekend, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it was so much fun. I mean... I had over 70 guys in our class and senior medium, which is, you know, kind of the beef of all the talent right there. A lot of the middle ground for all the drivers to go run that one. But just because the the weight category, right? Yeah. yeah. Light, medium and heavy and masters and so on. And yeah, before I forget, I want to say like the one thing that came to mind was it's not just a big 206 event, it, which it is. It's a big karting event because mm. there's so many different disciplines of drivers that come out there for that event. Right, right. And I mean, There's a lot of headers you know, from even 100 CC or 125 or you name it. I started behind Jarsa Crack in I think my last heat, and I'm like, either I'm doing really good or he's doing really bad, but I'm behind him. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, uh, it's definitely the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? And uh, but no, it was it was so cool to see. I mean, there's all these locals out there that were fast, guys from other 206 uh, clubs that run that are were super quick, and then yeah, all these tag guys that were out there and you know having fun, but wanted to go win, but. Each session, each day was a huge learning curve, and huge shout out to Chase Jones and Race Lebronte. Those are the guys running that MPG tent. And I mean, by the end of the weekend, I was up to speed a few times faster in race, which is huge. And um, man, just didn't have the luck in the main. We got tangled up a little bit, had to avoid some stuff on the start. But I'm really looking forward to uh, going back next year. But it was awesome. I, I just loved every bit of it, man. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be uh, anytime you go to it. We we said it. I don't know how many times with any event uh, with like say Sport Car Grand Nationals. Or you got a chance to do that before. Mm-hmm. When you go against or you go to a big event, uh, you you go against people who are as, as good or better than you are. You are going to get better. Like, yeah. Without fail, you're gonna improve on wherever you you entered. And it'll be interesting to see how you do uh, at the Tri-C finale we got coming up here, uh, which you're going for a championship there. So 
do you do you feel like there's an element of what you do that did improve over the weekend aside from just that particular you know place? I think the the two big things was um, reading a track, uh, reading track and go kart, if I can call that the same thing for a second, and then the other part was the uh, the aggression, um, which I knew going in I was going to have to work on for sure out here. I know I've been a little nice this year when I shouldn't have been or, or whatever, but this year, yeah, always, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's tough racing customers. But uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, the aggression for sure, and just um, knowing that if you're there, you're there. That's all. But tighter moves will work. You yeah. Know, you not. I mean, you can play it a little closer. Yeah. Body works there. Obviously, we try not to use a bunch of it, but a little bit of contact's totally fine. Yeah. So especially at those big events. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can you drive a little bit different anyway when you're on a quote proper track versus a parking lot. Anyways. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun to watch the the timing of scoring. Uh, yeah. Wish I was there, but it was cool to see you get a chance to go do it again. And, and I think again, what helped you not being there was because it didn't rain. So yeah, I yeah. think that was that's the, the reason the why I'm part. pissed. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I had to get the full experience. <laughs> uh, obviously, the uh, we're recording this on October fourth, so mm-hmm. it's been a month or so, a little bit more than a month since our last recording, um, and. And obviously, the big current events news, uh, one that uh, sad news for us, obviously, is that Cal Speed is going to be done and dusted at Mm -hmm. the end of the year. Actually, our our last laps turned here in practice will be November 27th. And then, uh, obviously, the 15th annual Machismo. um, Will be our last day, officially. Last one, yeah. So, was it December 4th? I believe that is. Yes. Uh, And obviously, that... So, that sucks yeah. uh, for so many different uh, reasons. We actually record here in the classroom at uh, at Cal Speed. So FCP also losing its home. We have yeah. to figure out what we're going to do moving forward. Um, we just need a classroom, guys. It has it, to be a classroom. It, it can't be anything no, else. No, no, yeah. We really don't like office space. Yeah. It's got to be a, a classroom of some kind. Uh, don't want a sound booth. <laughs> we, it's been a, a, an awesome ride for, for us, not just the FCP, but us in our personal lives. I mean, I've, yeah. been, I've been at Cal Speed for... 11 and a half years you've been here for Almost about eight, seven and a half or so yeah. and um yeah it's gonna suck to see this thing uh to go uh obviously fcp's got to figure out something else to do but um mm-hmm. yeah it'll be we got a couple of things in the, in the ropes here we might be able to get one more um like a round table or something like that like yeah. share some share some calcipi stories we're gonna try to do that here maybe before the end but yeah that's a tough one it's uh it's tough for us it's been now you know a, a few weeks so it's not like it's super raw but no, it's not hurting it less. No, it's a big punch to the gut. I mean, you and I just, you know, that this is going to be our future, whether it was going to be a lot or a little. We're always going to be involved with Cal Speed to some extent, right? right. And um, both, I mean, both of our racing careers have been primarily here, you know, mm-hmm. 99% of it probably. And uh, yeah, our lives. I mean, all the times we've hung out here doing this crap and turning laps or whatever. So it's going to be weird at one point knowing that we just won't be driving back here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for but, sure. For sure. Hopefully, hopefully the future's bright, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can figure something out. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, CalSuite 2.0 is, is a question mark, uh, whatever happens after this place. Um, but regardless, uh, like you said, we've had so many cool memories and we're going to finish uh, with some with some big ones too. Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, October's going to have the championship finales for, as we say, Tri-C. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be out there playing around the Tri-C race. One last for, test and uh, tune for you. Exactly, a little test and tune for the rock deal, but knowing that'll be last my my last competitive laps around here. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, we'll do all of our work, getting ready for our sprint series championship this weekend, or uh, th- as we're recording, it'll be a doubleheader this weekend: the Super yeah. Series Ironman, and then of course Machismo. So we just keep going and finish on a high note. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but no, it'll be 
a good send off, I think, for the joint. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost 20 years. 19. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in those 19 years, uh, a guy who's actually been at the sharp end for a good damn near decade of it mm-hmm. is, uh, is our guest today. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get him on Logan Calvin. Logan Calvin, thanks for uh, taking the time to come out here on a uh, Tuesday afternoon, one of the rare afternoon shows that we've done here. Uh, it gets bloody hot in the old, quote, studio. When I'm we quite do this. comfortable. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But to, hey, thanks for coming out, man. We've been trying to get you on for a while. Uh, we appreciate We said in the, uh, the little pregame here, the pre-show there, kind of bailing us out. We, I mean, we've really been trying to get you here for a long time, and we really appreciate it. For about it. three years, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how come you always said no, by the way? I don't really have a good answer for that one, to <laughs> that be honest. Um, I guess it, it's not easy to get out here. Yeah, um, I think it took me an hour 20 okay. to come out here today. And I'm not out here anymore, right? Right. So um, it's not that I didn't want to do it. Uh, it's, not it's very fun. convenient. It just was not convenient. Yeah. Weekdays with work. Yeah. Um, planning for that, it's always It's not tough. an ideal schedule for sure. Yeah. Um, my schedule changes on a daily basis. So, well, What is it that you do that uh, that disrupts the schedule, as you say? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep it simple. He's like, I'm unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just live by the seat of my pants. I got no time. I got yeah. no time. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm actually in IT sales. Uh, it's a very vague thing to say what I do. Um, at the end of the day, I'm an account manager, manage a few large corporations um, and help them with all their IT needs. Uh, basically, they come to me and uh, I gather the right resources for them and get to work with some really cool corporations, large ones that you guys would be very aware of, large tire manufacturers, car mm-hmm. companies, nice uh, things in the, the DOD space as well. So, oh, How'd wow. you get hooked up in that gig? I mean, <laughs> you, you're not a super old dude, right? I know. It, it, it's kind of random. It's kind of random. So when I was in uh, my undergrad, I got an opportunity to go work in an IT staffing firm. I didn't know anything about IT, but I was like, hey, a job, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to take it. What were you going to school for? Just business. Okay. I did uh, business economics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'll take a job. You know, they're right. going to pay me $50,000. Yeah, go. like get yeah. me in. <laughs> I was making $8 an hour at the time. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. Right. And um, I got to learn the IT industry um, and I got recruited to go into IT sales. And mm-hmm. I've been there for the last four years oh, wow. doing that. So um, it's it's been a great opportunity, uh, big network that I've been able to grow out. But um yeah, I'm still young. There's still a lot to learn, but right. uh, it's a great industry. I enjoy it. Every day is different, and um, you get to see some really cool changes in some large corporations, which is really fun, and meet and talk with uh, important folks. So nice. I enjoy nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Um, so before we get going, were you bummed out that Miles is on the show before you? No, no. No, not at all. I was actually pretty excited to listen to his, see uh, what he actually thought about me. Is it still what? the only one you've listened to? I've listened to... A few. Um, I haven't made it through a lot of all of them because they are kind of long. Mm-hmm. Um, and you that's have very our one, short attention span. That's the one yeah. critique we get on the show is they're all a little long. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's a life story, so <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. Are they long or are they short yeah. at that point, right? Yeah. No, there was a while there where I was trying to get through them. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And like I I found them interesting. Like, mm-hmm. But I just, since COVID started, I don't spend a lot of time in the car anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I work yeah. from home. Yeah. And my windshield time is very minimal. Right. right? So right. That's this is the most you had in a year was today. 
Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I don't leave Orange County very often, to be yeah. honest with you. So um, that's when you would listen to the podcast in the car. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't been able to keep up on them, but they're they're great shows, the ones yeah. I did listen to. Oh, nice. sure. cool. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. I was literally just uh, fishing for a compliment there. That's <laughs> nice. Uh, so you, you're doing the IT thing, IT sales specifically, mm-hmm. um, and, you, and you said, yeah, I'll get a job or whatever. It wasn't really something you were setting out to go do. Where do you, is this a, a long-term thing? I mean, what... what I, I don't know anything about it. Is there like a different path? Can, can you do something different with this? Or is this kind of like, no, this is my deal and I dig it? Yeah, no, for now it's my thing and I dig it. Um, it, it pays the bills. I'm happy with that portion of it. I love the flexibility I get. Uh, work from home. Right. Make my own schedule. I can work nine to four. I can work 12 to eight if I Hold wanted to. Hold on a second. Makes his own schedule yet can't come out here this <laughs> yeah, entire right. time. I see what's going on. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> honestly, there's a ton of flexibility. You yeah. kind of run it like your own business at cool. the end of the day. And as long as you're doing the right things, no one's bothering you. Right. Um, so I am fortunate. And there's a lot of different avenues I can go with, right? I can go work for an individual software or a hardware company. Mm-hmm. Right now I work for a reseller. So I sell literally everything. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there's there will always be a, a job opportunity for right. me if I stay in this industry. Um, the longer you've been in it, the more people want you yeah. for your network. They basically buy your Rolodex at the end of the day. Oh, that okay. makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. And at the end of the day, too, I mean, that longevity as you get older and whatnot, having that security is definitely something that you're, you, it's, it means something mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, you used to come out here and run all the time. Where I'm going with this, what you do is, is a nine to five for the most part? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. So the weekends are off. Where I'm going with this, you used to come out here all the time. And you made a switch a few years back to kind of, you know, focus on family and career and things like that. So you didn't come out here as much. Now that you're older and things like that, I asked this, we'll end up going in the way back machine as we talked about last time <laughs> to, to get into the roots of it. But now that you have, say, the means mm-hmm. on your own, and this, what what keeps you from coming back out? Or, I mean, obviously, Cal Speed's closing, but I mean, would you have you Besides thought about the obvious? Com- yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you thought about coming back out at all? It's a great question. Honestly, it crosses my mind probably once a month, yeah. right? Like, oh, let's wow. go racing, you know? Yeah. We got adult money now. Like, let's go do it right. <laughs> yeah. um, and I do mean that from sport carts or competition carts, because yeah. you've done it all, yeah. Just going racing, like, there's nothing like it. Um, I will say, during my last three or four years of not racing, I found other hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, I rode motocross for a while, something I did as a little kid and kind of brought it back. And I picked up golf. And honestly, I have just as much fun doing those hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot less cost, yeah. to be honest with you. And I enjoy that too. Yeah. So in a sense, I found other avenues where I can still enjoy myself, find competitive formats with golf tournaments, stuff like that. Um, it's crossed my mind, yeah. right? I think- the, When you do get a chance to come out every year for the Classical Grand Prix. Yeah, I like so to- So you're still scratching the itch a little bit. Yeah, I still scratch the itch. Like, I don't want to completely lose it. It yeah. is like riding a bike for the most part. <laughs> um <laughs> And I, I still enjoy the the friends and the you know the friendships I've made over the years. Like that that part is really what I think I miss the most when mm-hmm. you come out here and get to talk right. with everyone and hang out. But yeah, I mean, for coming back to racing, I honestly thought about it more as the next step in my life. Hmm. Am I going to put my kids into racing? Oh, okay. Things of those sorts. Um, still to be TBD, you yeah. know. Yeah. So we'll see what happens when we cross that bridge. But for now, I don't really have the itch. Um, I've found other areas where I can still have fun and honestly for a fraction of the price. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we talk about uh, this is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a, a hobby that you enjoy. And anytime you start weighing against other things, you know, you talk about you race for a while there and then 
you know, focused on career and, and family and things like that. So as you get older, you get more, as you say, adulting and those kinds of stuff. It does kind of sometimes take a back seat. Um, it's interesting, as you say, still very competitive, but trying to find other things to do instead of coming out and running. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been competitive. I think everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah. So I'm always going to have to find something that keeps me working towards a goal, things of those sorts. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I do miss the racing aspect of it. When you're in it, that's that's all you think about, yeah. right? And I, I remember those times, like, I'm in a work meeting and I'm thinking about apexes, you know, <laughs> for an upcoming track. You're or pretty that. consumed yeah, by it. Yeah, you're, you're so in it. And then when you get away from it from a, for a few years, your perspective changes, right? Mm-hmm. When you do come back, you're coming back for fun, yeah. right? Yeah. If you crash, whatever, or it, the results didn't go your way, it's just a different perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'd probably have more fun coming back to it with that perspective, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I just got done saying, I mean... You've done sport karting. You've done some competition karting. Let's talk about how you how you got into racing in the first place. Again, we talk about having your brother on the show before, so some of it may end up being not new for people who uh, have listened to the show or listened to the Miles Calvin episode. But what is your earliest memory of racing, and, and do you do you do you remember the very first time that you got into it and what that was? Kind of. I mean, I was young. Um, I've been around racing for pretty much my whole life in some sort of factor. Maybe not racing myself, but been around it, right? And like you said, you guys had Miles on the show. You got to talk to him. But I was mostly in his shadow for most coming up. What's the age difference again? Uh, Five and a half. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, I was five. He was 11, uh, 11, 12, somewhere around there. And I was at the track with him, but he was the one racing. Mm -hmm. I would be at the practice track and maybe... You know, at five years old, it's probably like Keeping my earliest you busy memory. Or whatever. Yeah, my <laughs> earliest memory. I had a motorcycle, mm-hmm. but he's the one going racing on the weekend. Gotcha. Um, so and I was, that was the Speedway thing. That was the Speedway, speedway thing. Yeah. So I, I did listen to Miles's. Uh, he explained <laughs> it. I think you guys were kind of caught off guard by it, but and basically a motorcycle with no brakes, right? Going yeah. in a circle. Yeah. Super entertaining. <laughs> I just didn't know that you did that with kids. You know, I thought <laughs> yeah. they put the safety aspect of the brakes in there, but yeah, that's crazy. No. no. So yeah, they threw me on one when I was five and. Yeah, we had fun with it, but I never raced anything seriously or competitively until my later teenage years. Oh, wow. But you were starting off on two wheels. Yes. Just like he did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you do the speedway thing for fun or whatatever, and and you're obviously Miles is being, he's doing competitions and things like that. When do you actually get in either the seat or on the saddle or what have you competitively? Yeah, I I would probably say I was around 13. Okay. To be honest, Um, I was always playing video games, racing video games. Like like I said, I was always around it. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles was racing. I was watching. Um, but it wasn't until about 13, me and Miles started getting motorcycles. And then we ended up finding Dromo One, which right. he talked about as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was until about 14, 15 where I started racing seriously. And was that in the in the go-karts at Dromo One? Yeah, that was the go-karts. So the first competitive thing that you do is actually indoor karting, mm-hmm. really. So yeah. you got a chance to go fast and do some different things on the bike. And even motocross, but it wasn't until you got to the indoor track that you started actually getting after it. When you went there, um, and again, you're going there with Miles and things like that, what was your thought process? You talk about being in Miles' shadow, if you will. But at the time, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm an older brother, so I don't have the same thought process. But is there a, I'm actually in a shadow? Or you have to have a little bit of a different perspective of five and a half years younger. 
Yeah, no, I always I always felt like I was in the shadow. Yeah. To be honest, like they called me the Mini Miles, you know, like <laughs> I was just I was just there, and mm-hmm. I was just happy to be there. Miles's brother, if yeah. you will. Yeah. So I was just happy to be there. Like I didn't care about being my own person. Um, obviously, I didn't have my own money at mm-hmm. thirteen. So yeah, right. If Miles had extra money, he would sign me up, and I was I was just stoked Love to it. go race. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, Miles supported me all the way till I was eighteen, probably. Gotcha. So. If Miles could afford for me to go racing and himself, we did it. Oh, so you've been cool. a sponsored driver since for early age. Yeah, I've been pro yeah. since thirteen, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Paid driver. Yeah, How about that? we've all tried to do that action. Most of our parents are doing that action too. So you're going out there and you're running uh, at Dromo. Mm-hmm. He's racing. You're starting to race, maybe not as regularly at first. Uh, did you take to it pretty quick? I did. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know why. Like it wasn't like I grew up driving four wheels or anything. I just I had a good feeling for it. Um, back in those days, I was light, mm-hmm. so I was able to race with the fast guys. You were a stick. Yeah, yes. I was small. You know, I was probably 130 pounds, mm-hmm. right? And so I was able to race with the faster guys that were a little bit heavier, and I got to be around those f- people for years, and I learned from them, the John Cambrels and Diego's, and there was a lot of people back in the day, uh, Mike Kai's, like there was a lot of people that yeah. I was able to learn from, um, and they're all trying to help me out. You said I, 13, 14 years of age. What year is that roughly? 2008, yeah. maybe, okay. somewhere around there. That's right around the time. Actually, I don't remember I don't remember seeing you until we went to Phoenix. What year? Because well, I, I brought something for you. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> uh, and 2008 was the Dromo 12 hour, the first one. Okay. And we were down there with the BSH racing team, myself, Alon Bromley, and um, uh, Jerry Hudson. And... Uh, we were that—that was what BSH was. But it was actually myself. I want to say Lawn and uh, maybe a Tony Hanna and uh, Steve Pepka, perhaps. I can't remember now exactly. But anyway, we do that when we end up finishing second. I don't remember you being there, unless I don't you think had... I was. I don't think I was. I think Miles raced with Bill Myers last. Oh, minute. the super oh, best wow. friends. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think SBF. that was right when we were getting into it. Got it. Okay. What happened there was. Um, they had a uh, charity team. That's and it was like right. the firefighters. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. The fast. They had like a qualifying day where everyone came out, and whoever was the fastest got to race with that. Yeah, team. I remember that. Okay, I remember so, Miles talking about yeah, that. Yeah, so, so right. he showed up. He didn't win it. Um, I I don't know who did, but Bill saw him. He's like, dude, you're fast. Come race with us. Right. So that was my first experience around a real race. So you don't know if you were there or you were there, but I was not there. racing. Correct. Gotcha. I I remember Miles vividly. Showing up in motocross gear to go out in a go kart. <laughs> I remember them like laughing at him, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, it was hilarious, hilarious. But he didn't know better, right? Right. We, we came from the motocross industry. Yeah. Like, uh, I I don't have a racing suit, yeah. but I'll put on my I gear. Got my stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh man. <laughs> um, to go back to like you saying you picked it up quick, you, you had a good feel for it. I think a lot has to be said though with you growing up around it, and whether you were on track or not, you being around those conversations of. You're, you know, being around your dad and Miles and just hearing those, those words being said, you know, and just yeah. being able to translate it eventually. I think it definitely helped uh, me get on pace a lot quicker being around those guys. But honestly, it comes down to playing stupid computer games and just learning how things worked. I mean, we played, I don't know how many hours I logged on this <laughs> World of Outlaws game oh, on no. my oh, computer. Wow. And it just, I'd learned how to slide and where momentum took you. Things of those sorts. And that game is still one of the best games I've ever That's played. Cool. But the amount of hours I logged on that steering wheel was unreal. <laughs> unreal. <laughs> I wish I had the steering wheel version. We had um, NASCAR 2003. Mm. Uh, I remember doing NASCAR 2003 with my dad. Um, it was, um, we go to 
Watkins Glen on the computer and we'd go and we'd be running just cutting laps, cutting laps. Mm-hmm. It was just really him and I trying to get better, like beat the beat the computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was so damn fun. I mean, but you've seen the videos that me and Miles have posted on Facebook. Everything I do, dude. <laughs> oh my god. That's so that's funny. how competitive we were at home though, oh, but man. with racing games. So yeah. I actually think those are what kind of set me up for success in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. That kind of makes sense too. You having that little bit of a care. And again, talking about being in your brother's shadow a little bit, always having a something to look up to, mm-hmm. but also that carrot, like having like, this is where I'm chasing this scenario because he's got more maturity. He's got more experience, all these different elements. So you don't run the, the Dromo 12 hour in 08 when I'm, when I'm down there, you're starting right around that time. Are you starting to do the GPs, et cetera? And did you run in 20, uh, 2009? Yeah, I believe I ran 2009. That's probably my first real year of racing gotcha. uh, right around that era. Um, maybe late 08 stuff, but mm-hmm. I wasn't good enough to be on a, a 12 hour team. Yeah. And um, the, uh, and the 12 hours are happening in January, actually, right? Like Super Bowl week or something like that, I think it was. But it was early. It was like late January, early February. Yeah. It sounds about right because we would get some rain sometimes yes, in the we winter. Would. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, that's probably right, right when I started racing and uh, I kind of picked it up pretty good. And I remember specifically my very first race, I got fifth in their A main and I was so stoked. Man. But once again, I was lighter than yeah. a lot of the competition. Yeah, yeah that's a lot of those advantages. That mm-hmm. uh, actually, we were just at uh, um, at the Casey Cook um, charity event, the Boost oh, Foundation. Right. Yeah, and we were at uh, K One Anaheim, mm-hmm. and and you could there's an obvious difference in the because there's no weight, mm-hmm. so you got the the lighter ones and the heavier ones as far as the drivers go. It doesn't hurt you a bunch because you got that juice. Mm-hmm. But it does wear the battery out a hell of a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, right. So the smaller you are, the more juice you got. Yeah, late in and the game. definitely back in the late Jeromo days, it was a pretty big advantage absolutely. to be lighter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then they didn't do the weight thing. They didn't do the weight thing in two thousand eight at all. No, they brought it in a few years later. It was I, maybe even two thousand nine. Yeah, I, I think it eventually so. came back in. Yeah. Um, but like the Mike Highs, uh, they were light too, and they had the skill and they were mature. Yeah, right, so right. They would dominate. Yeah. Um, you weren't the only light driver. There was I wasn't the only one. Yeah, yeah. but. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot <laughs> yeah. of fun, and I got my name out there. And then I think the very next year is when we kind of put together that original SPV team. Yeah, I remember the SPV stuff definitely when I arrived uh, as to work here at Calspe. It was 2011. Um, but even before that, I want to say there might have – there wasn't SPV in 2009 yet because then when we went to um, – we were at USIKC, uh, the Indoor National Championship. Yeah. And in the, that was in 2008. Um, it was kind of like myself versus John Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was the same thing in 2009. But I remember there were Dromo teams back then. Got you it. Know, yeah. It was the, uh, there was no like individual, you know, SPV or otherwise. It was just Dromo as a unit, you know, and it was Smith Race and Development. We had uh, our deal. But I, that is when I remember seeing you for the first time. It was actually in 2009, USIKC. And I That's brought it up right. to Miles, and you guys were wearing the Bumblebee suits. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> my first suit. I think I, they were K1 suit. suits or something. They were they, K1 suits, yeah, yeah. but they were yellow on the on the chest and then black. Like the black. Rest of, yeah. yeah. And and I remember Miles is decent. I don't remember you being very decent. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably one of my first times to that facility. To leaving Steep uh, drum yeah. all together. Yeah. I turned it around in 2010, though. Yeah? Yeah. I wasn't there in 2010. You weren't there? No, I broke my arm, and I couldn't go in 10. 
Yeah. Well, I was playing racquetball, went for a dive, and didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was working at PGP and took a spill. <laughs> well, I did so bring good. some memorabilia. Oh, so did what you? Is yeah, this yeah. So, like, before I came here, you know, you're like, man, what am I going to talk about, right? Like, <laughs> I was like, I walk around, I look at the trophy room. I'm like, let me just bring some cool trophies, what right? That, here? that Mike would appreciate, right? <laughs> Here's the first one. And this is something you don't have. For sure. Logan's passing over a medal. Oh, wow. So, look, at, right. the, look at the back of that, Mike. You know, this actually looks familiar. So right now, oh, Logan, right. Just, uh, Logan just tossed a medal at Mike. And uh, what's it say on the it back says, there? Junior Class Champion 2010 IKWC. That's the Indoor Karting World Championship. And I know about these because I used to be on the IKWC committee, mm-hmm. which we started the Junior Championship, I want to say, in 2010, actually. Um, maybe 2009. I actually forgot about it. So I was looking at the trophies. I'm like, man, what's some cool ones I can yeah. bring? Right, that just to talk about stuff, talk about yeah. some cool events that we went to. And you were just, junior in ten. Yes, God Almighty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't turn eighteen until 2012. That's right, and they had uh, and the junior age is pretty. Yeah, I can't remember. It was eighteen old. or sixteen. It was one of those. Yeah, yeah. But there was some good. I remember there was a, a top talent kid from Brazil mm-hmm. that was there. Um, but that really kind of that event kind of. St- Put me on the on the map. And getting right. a chance to run, and that's the thing we you know, we just talked about this with you, right, Dirk? Mm-hmm. Is that you go a chance? To, uh, you get a chance to go run with people as good or better, especially new people, to people you you don't know their tricks, you don't know how they drive yet. And the one cool thing about the World Championship is it was a World Championship. There was people from Brazil, there was people from South America all together, you know, Colombia, etc. There was tons from Europe, people from all over the states, and back then. Especially in uh, seven, eight, nine, it started to dwindle a little bit after that. But um, they're, they're coming from all over, and you get a chance to rub elbows with people and see people drive in certain ways that you had never seen before. Mm-hmm. I remember um, Diego Morales talking about watching Ayrton Senna drive carts, yeah, and him watching him do what he did. One with stuck it. out more than the it's other. Like, oh wow, that's interesting. And I remember mm-hmm. the same kind of thing: watching people from other countries drive differently and going, oh, I got to try that. Like yeah. I got, I, and now I just popped in my head, Kip Foster from mm-hmm. Australia. I remember watching him in 2019 at the uh, uh, Supernats and the way he's backing it in to the corner. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap. I remember seeing that I'm too. Like, I thought I backed things in. This guy, it, and the thing, he never bled a single bit of speed off. I'm like, how does he do that? That's phenomenal. But Watch cool him go in there the and everybody own. else is different. Seeing the other perspectives of what, you know, different drivers bring to that event. Yeah. I mean, you get that, but also like if you're, again, Mike, just like you said about this past weekend, like being on that, that middle ground or starting from the ground up, right? I mean, it's, the glass ain't full. So mm-hmm. whatever you can take, you're going to get, right? Well, and I was exposed at such a young age to mm-hmm. these types of events, right? Right. And I think that just accelerated me. Oh, absolutely. Right. like I was in the thick of it from the beginning and got yeah. to learn from the best. Yeah. So. And again, deep into the pool, if you will. You yeah. Know? I mean, you're, you're going in there, you're checking things out. And here's a question for you. I mean, you had the success uh, in 2010 with this junior championship. Do you remember back then, uh, like older Logan, thinking about younger Logan, mm-hmm. How did that success affect your development and maybe your psyche going forward? Because Dirk and I have talked about this with other drivers that have done well out here. And we're like, sometimes we're like, man, they really need to lose. You know, they do so well. And then kind of they could just lose and kind of get that other aspect of Mm -hmm. it. Was it one of those things where you won and like 
you just won everything or you, no. or it was kind of a, a that was a, a challenge or a, a shining moment not at all like i was the kid on the team i was the runt you know what i mean <laughs> so i looked up to all these people around me and i was so young um this was kind of my own little win personally did it for yourself type yeah, yeah. but the, i mean i wasn't competing for the overall championship mm-hmm. at that time by right. any means so it was the the johns the mileses the diegos uh, when i was around those people I was always looking up to them for years. Right, right. I really didn't come out of my shell and think, man, I'm the guy now until probably those sport car grand nationals times. Correct me if I'm wrong too. 2010, okay, you do that deal. Are in 2010, are you guys SPV at the IKDBC or is this still cuz Dromo ended at the beginning of 10. It started coming out here to Cal Speed in 10 and the KWC is in the summer. So did SPV start and you know what? I probably already heard this before, and I just don't remember. Right. Was it I, SPV at the KBC? I can't say with 100% confidence if we had SPV, quote-unquote, but we had our group. Mm-hmm. And I that think was, it started once Cal Speed was out here. It, it, those it's guys probably were out here. when it happened, when we officially got our matching suits and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. But we were still a group. We're a mm-hmm. tight group of five. And um, who was it on that in that group of five? Yeah, it was me, Miles, John, Diego, and Patrick. So that was our, that was our core group. It was actually a group of four and a half at that time. It was Logan was the half. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but, I mean, when we went to Phoenix, it wasn't about us. It was about John beating Mike. Yeah. That's what we went that's there so for. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, we looked at him. I didn't know Mike, but yeah. I looked at him like, dude, this guy with the monster helmet, like, he's sponsored by Monster. <laughs> right. You know what yeah. I mean? I just got free products. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, for a kid. Never drink the stuff. <laughs> well, actually, I did. Way too much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm an early teenager, right? I'm just excited to be there. Impressionable and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I see the Mike guy, and he's always so fast. And I remember Kellerman. He's like, oh, he's got a cool helmet. Well, dude, you know? that, was, yeah. that so, literally was how it was when I came out here and saw you guys walking around in your suits and helmets. I'm like, Dude, these guys are the ones to like. If there's a group to be in, it's them. Yeah, you know, and yeah, it's all image, all yeah, image. But we sure. went there, and it felt like David taking on Goliath, right? Yeah, Mike was Goliath, and John was our David. And that year we took him down, we all felt like we won together. That's cool. I hated it so much. We were in the other room, and so we we I won the national championship individually, but we also won the team championship in 2008, right? In 2009, I wanted to to win everything. So obviously, you know. The team championship began, but they, I had multiple teams, and I wanted to have my teams back to back. Like I was just all really, in for it. Yeah, wanted to do it, but again, I was trying to run a business. I was trying to do, anyways, and we ended up missing the. I ended up missing the individual championship by like a point and a half. John won. Um, I tied for second, lost on the tiebreaker to Truman Godfrey, but we still won the team championship, which I cared a lot about. But walking, and I was still pretty happy about it. Kind of sucked for a third, but I walked by the area because at uh, Phoenix um, Octane Raceway, there's like a bunch of different rooms, right? And so Dromo, because there's as many drivers as there were, mm-hmm. they occupied a room. And it's because there was as many drivers as we were, SRD occupied a room. Well, I had to pass the Dromo room to get to our room. And we're talking about an area at least as big as this classroom. And they got the goddamn queen, we are the champions going. Wow. <laughs> and I walked by, and literally, I, I can't remember who it was, but I walked by, and the, the champion's uh, song is going off, and I walked by, and they just literally look at me and point at me, like, we are the champions. And in my, I don't think I said it out loud, but in my head, I'm like, yeah, well, we own the team championship, so whatever. <laughs> Getting funny. all like, butt hurt about it. Yeah. But, but it, it's so true. We felt like we all won. And at it that wasn't time. until mm. later that I appreciated the hell out of it, that, that 
we that our group was the target that we brought right. like it wasn't just us SRD but Victory Lane was up there mm-hmm. Droma was up there it was these but different the accomplishment organ- of being up there what no well okay yes yes absolutely like again we wanted to be the best but no actually and again this many years later I thought about how we were being respected. Mm-hmm. The reason why everybody wanted to beat us is because they respected what we were doing, right? You know, and I it was years later. I remember people telling me that what SRD was doing at that time was like, "What in the shit? We're supposed to be here having a good time, and mm-hmm. SRD's coming out here to kick everyone's ass and kill everybody." Yeah, and we did absolutely. Which is, I think, it was Diego told me it was kind of what SPV started to do. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we like that? Let's emulate that, and you guys did mm-hmm. that whole group that you guys had. The amount of talent and the focus and the drive that that group had moving forward, which ended up being you at the helm, you ended up becoming Goliath. Ironically, I'm here. <laughs> I'm maybe here. Yeah, yeah, eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, back in the day, Mike Smith was the guy. You know what I mean? Everyone <laughs> knew. Who, yeah, right. everyone knew who he was, and the dethroning him was. It felt like the underdogs, you know, yeah, yeah. coming through. So it was it a was, good feeling. It was a, a imagine how John felt. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I just man. seen Dennis run across the track. Yep. Like, I still oh, remember cool. those things and like yeah. the, the feeling we all felt. Yeah, it was. Because it... how old's John? Sorry, how old's John? Is he in between ours and Miles' age? Correct. Okay, yeah. A few years older. Yeah, yeah early 30s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, John's the nicest freaking dude on the planet, just like his dad was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super freaking nice dude. We would do track walks together. We're going against each other. We're doing track walks. Like we'd be, I'd walk with my guys. He'd walk with his guys. We'd end up splitting off and walking together at some point. Having a yeah, you know, a moment. The or respect whatever. was there. I knew John was phenomenal. His brother Aaron was also phenomenal at those events. Somehow, always <laughs> good at those <laughs> things. Uh, it's such a cool time. I I love that you also think fondly back to those moments because we, we didn't we didn't know what we had at the time. Correct. You know what I mean. Indoor, indoor, That's a good freaking way to put indoor it. karting. Yeah, you know, with indoorkartingnews.com, Rob Howden, and everything that he was doing, it was so freaking cool. It was yeah, your world. A, there was a ranking system for yeah. the drivers. I mean, it was neat, man, for what it was. Yeah, one of the coolest it was things, neat. To your point, like one of the coolest things for me was getting. Um, okay, so the national championship was badass, but I remember reading about myself as the driver of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I even got driver of the year, I think, uh, from EKN and or IKN at the time. I'm like, holy crap, I've made it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and now we look kind of going, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of, yeah, in a small niche that now doesn't exist. When you're in it, it feels like everything. It's awesome, but Did, yeah, you 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 mentioned that before. We were actually off air. We're talking about CalSpeed and everybody who has uh, found CalSpeed over the last year, a couple of years, and you're in it. This is the hobby that you've. It's all encompassing. Mm-hmm. And for those drivers who've just found it or whatever, and they're at the peak of the all in, mm-hmm. and for it to be, you know, pulled out from underneath them. I feel bad for them. Absolutely. I, I got to live it, you know, yeah. and I, I did my years. But yeah, yeah, those guys that just found this a couple years ago and they're just getting to the top of their game. That's tough. I get to keep my accolades. They're not going to get beat. <laughs> That's Sam Hunt's got to be like, I was so close to Logan's breaking the like, record. the timing couldn't be any better. Oh my gosh. So, you go to do some of the um, USIKCs, U- U.S. Indoor Karting Championships, and you're getting some momentum underneath yourself. Yeah, and you said you kind of made a name for yourself in 2010 as the uh, the junior champion yeah, at, at, at uh, the World Championship. 100%. More than anything else, it opened our eyes to like what's out there, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was local, and we got the chance to go to it and right, see. Phoenix is, for those people who don't know, yeah. Phoenix is about five-ish hours away mm-hmm. from yeah. Droma 1, where you guys ran all the time. Correct. So we get to meet all these people make new friends and you find out about these 
more world championships. How many? How many uh, out of country guys do you think there were for these these events? Oh, half. Yeah, really. Plus, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For the U.S. ones, they were a little bit smaller. Yeah. They weren't as competitive because it's a lot harder for them to come to the states. Mm-hmm. And it being in Phoenix, Phoenix had a, a large contingent at F1 Race Factory, which became Octane. Drama had a big contingent. We were uh, SRD was bringing a big contingent from the the Northwest. Victory Lane. So the the There's states a had a Americans. large amount. Yeah, but still, at minimum, I'd say forty percent. Yeah, forty percent of the field is from literally out of the country. But the thing is, too, the ones that were coming mm-hmm. were coming to put in a good result, right? Yeah. They weren't and just going because it was their local race. So the ones that were coming were top talent, yeah. right? So you get to see this type of talent that came from Belgium and the Laportes and all those guys, and it really opened your eyes, and you're like, I want to go do this over there. Yeah, it, yeah. and I'll say, too, it, it might have been, the, the World Championship might have been here in the States, but I felt like I was not, I didn't have any home field advantage or nothing. I felt like I was there to beat the Europeans or the South Americans. They were the ones to beat, even though it was in the States. Mm-hmm. And to your point, absolutely. We got to go try that over yonder. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You open your eyes, and you get to hear about these events. So in 2011, we were talking about this, off but i get to go to belgium right so that was the first international race and that was that's the first amazing. time you left the country correct. period yeah correct so instead of going to prom i got to go to belgium makes sense because <laughs> yeah. that's right when i graduated high school gotcha. right so i'm still 17 go to europe go to belgium it's only 16 to drink in belgium <laughs> i have the time of my life i mean a beer was cheaper than a Coke, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So oh, in between wow. races, and I'm on a budget, I bought a beer instead <laughs> of a here. <laughs> instead of a Coke, uh, yeah, and we just yeah, have yeah. the time of our lives. Honestly, who all went with you? That was a good year. Um, I might miss some people. It was a little bit back then, but we had John, we had Diego, I believe Jarrett King was there. Your brother mm-hmm. go with you or no? Yeah, Miles was there. Mm-hmm. He can't um, go with anybody. He's a chef. Yeah, I was. Oh, I was a minor. You. Yeah, I was, I was a minor. So yeah. Uh, Miles was there. We had a few others, and I just can't remember exactly who it was. Logan can go to Europe now and probably bring his brother. He yeah. To. yeah. Hey, yeah. Miles, you, are you free this yeah. weekend? <laughs> just to get some free drinks, though. That's all. <laughs> nice. You can buy Anyways. So you go over there, you do you do this thing. Get my butt whooped. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't even make the super final. Um, so walk us through a little bit of that event though. I mean, first time in uh, another country, another track like this. First time on track actually too. I'm kind of curious to hear about that first session. Yeah. I mean, an indoor, it was indoor. We went early. We tried to get all the practice in. We could, I was just still young in my career. Right. I mean, I was 17, been doing it for a few years. I wanted to put in a good result. My goal was to make that super final. Um, but there was so much talent there. I mean, yeah. the, the Belgium drivers that were there being in Belgium as well, that there was no touching them. Mm-hmm. There wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so in 11, huge learning experience. That's in the, again, it's in the summertime. Correct. Uh, I happen to know that uh, in 11, John Kimbrell wins the Super Series Championship, which had started in 2010 with the closing of Drummond One. Let's roll on through 2012. All right. So you get a chance to go do some races in phoenix you get to you go to uh to to europe you go do that deal you come back i know that when i went to europe and i raced i i count that as one of the single biggest moments in my development correct and it had to do with my left foot i figured out braking trail braking threshold braking in belgium for the 2008 championship 
when you come back to Cal Speed, I don't know how you were doing 11, I don't remember, but in 12, we not only have the Super Series, we have what we start as the Sport Car Grand National. That is correct, yeah. So what was it like coming back from Europe, and what was that 2012 season like? Yeah, 100%. Belgium was kind of like my kickoff, if you will. Um, I came back, I learned a ton, like you said. I think for me, it was more the the mental aspect of it necessarily than the, the learning my left foot. The racing is so tight. It's coming down to tents that you get into a zone of so much focus to get everything out of those carts. Um, I came back, learned a ton, and then come out here for the Super Series, and it almost seems easy. Things are moving slow. Right. Um, but the amount of focus and thought that goes into each race kind of went to the next level. You were able to apply some some uh, energy elsewhere. Yeah. Right, yeah. and it was. I think it was more the mental aspect more than anything. And as we go into 2012, was really when I was coming into my stride. I believe that was the first year of the Grand Nationals, correct? Mm-hmm. So, going into that event, I was so stoked for it, but I never thought I was the guy, right? And then all of a sudden, I win it, and then I am the guy, right? So right. that event, all through coming back from Belgium to those first Sport Car Grand Nationals, is kind of when I came out of the shadow if you will, and became the guy. And what uh, what is the mental aspect that changes for you? Like, I talk about my left foot, and I could, I mean, tangibly, I know I was able to brake better. Mm-hmm. Like, I was getting my ass kicked under the brakes in Belgium. I'm like, I got to do something. I got to mm-hmm. figure something out. And so I found it there. You're saying mentally you found something. What was that mental thing that you got? I think it was the competition. And the, and the competition was so high. It just kind of lit a fire under your ass. Yeah, you you realize how much talent there is. And coming back to a local thing, like we had good drivers, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't to say we didn't have good drivers, but there wasn't just the confidence. I mean, you race around these such good guys and you learn from them and you're literally fighting for every 10th. And then you come back and honestly, Cal Speed felt easy. Well, I think, uh, I mean, if I can relate, like that was how I felt after my first big event, which was the first Grands. It was this other maturity that you got out of this event and respect for it. I mean, the way you felt about those guys is how I felt about you guys during that Grands mm-hmm. Week. And I'm like, dude, different cart, same driver, still up front, though, every time. You, you think know? it's like a, it's, a, it's a mental focus? Yeah, it's a mental it, focus. I mean, you are literally the minute details made the difference in Belgium mm-hmm. if you were going to do good or not do good. Coming out here, you can make mistakes and still do fine. But when you go into that focus zone of that's how you're driving now, you can get those extra couple tens out of these cards. And I think it was just that mental focus to find every little thing in those cards. I gotcha. So at the end of the day, maybe you gained a, a little extra to adapt to the ride, to mm-hmm. adapt to the conditions, never mind having that racecraft edge yeah. to try to take it to the rest of the competition. And for sure, when you come back to your, quote, local program, I mean, this is with everything across the board. You, all you're doing, it may be less people. Hell, it may be the same number of people on track. But for sure, locally, you're not going to have that same. There's not going to be as many of that A level people, you know, driver competitors. Yeah, that's why there's club. That's why mm-hmm. there's regional, so on and so forth. So you come back, you got all kinds of confidence. You roll into the sport car grand nationals that we have here, which is essentially the replacement for the indoor karting national, the USIKC back in the day. And you do win the national championship for sport karting. As you say, you didn't think that you were going to be the guy. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about international talent. We did have some some Germans and things. Some from UK and things like that. But it was predominantly made for 
The States. Correct. But you win the first one. And then you go on to win the Super Series. Yeah. The local championship. One might think that that was a foregone conclusion <laughs> after you win right. the national championship in the summer. Year. But you do make all that happen. And that is the first big win, if you will, for Logan Calvin. Correct. That's what that's what started it. Did um, you think that the Grands was, was in shot for you? When I came to it? Yeah. For the first one, I, I mean, you always think you had a shot at it, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't go in there to win it. Yeah. I just went in there to put in a good result, have some fun, maybe go away with some money in my pocket. Yeah. And day one, I was in the lead. And like Miles looked at me. I was going to say, so how was the- Yeah, Miles looked at me. He's like, dude, did you ever think you'd be in first in the points after day one? And I'm like, no. (laughs) It was not a chance. More than you were ready to to fight. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, the momentum kept rolling through the next days. And I think I had it locked up before we went into the it was, final. Yeah, it was all but, like, you pretty much start park program. Yeah. yeah. As long as I didn't get a black flag, I yep. think I had it. And that was, took all the pressure off me for the first year going into the final with yeah. it pretty much locked up. But it was just the perfect weekend. Yeah. I mean, everything went my way. Um, and I think that's when I became the guy. Mm-hmm. Going back to the Super Series, I was the guy that just won the Nationals get a little bit more respect on track. Well, so things like that. This is now that this is so cool to like finally get this damn episode in. Thanks for doing it 3 years too late. Um <laughs> but we're like, 3 years right on time. Yeah. <laughs> but at like me being a guy at the like at that point in Super Series I was like top of the B back of the A. Mm-hmm. And when I left the Grands I'm like holy shit I learned a lot, right? How much I th- how much did you feel like you learned at the Grands compared to the other guys? I mean, you're already pretty much at the top, not at the top of your game, but you're towards the sharp end of the field. Mm-hmm. When you left the Grands and went to the rest of the Super Series, you said it felt easier and stuff like that, or when you came back from Europe. But Yeah, it's a, it's a fair question, because at the Grand Nationals, you're going against a lot of the same people. Correct. You know what I mean? So while you are getting you take from it? better from you know, going against other people, this isn't like going to Europe. The Grand Nationals is in your, at your home track. Going against a lot of the same people. Yeah. So, yeah, to Derek's point. It It was a different way of thinking, though, coming into an event like that. Um, Coming back from Belgium, like I said, you were fighting to find everything. And you were thinking very hard. You're looking back at your footage and what you can do better. You're studying other drivers. So, coming into that first Grands, I just had a different mental aspect of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Just little things. And trying to explain it's hard, but going into qualifying back then, you had five laps to put in your fast lap, from what I remember. And you'd hook up in a train. One, you had to be smart enough to do that and think about that. But what I did is every time I saw someone going for their fast lap, you know, dragging up to someone, I'd pass them. Because I know all I need to do is just be faster than that guy. Yeah, I might have been a dick, excuse my language, for doing that. But that's the mode I got into, right? So you were doing as much offense as defense. Yeah, like it's just like mm. the, the mental aspect. Like I got to do whatever I can to get the most out of this race. Right. So it's not just about getting the most out of the cart, the most out of the conditions. It's the most out of the format. It's mm-hmm. the most out of the rules. It's the most out of your competition. Diving deeper into every, yes, diving deeper Me. into every piece. Not okay. just driving fast, but the the mental, the chess game that came along with Cal Speed. Right. And again, that's knowing what the hell's going on with, with all the little pieces. In in 12, you win the national championship. You win the local championship. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, what did the Super Series mean to you versus the 
grands. You win the grands in the summer, but the regular championship, the regular season, if you will, the quote back home thing, mm-hmm. even though it's all here, yeah, was a super series. National championship is the first thing you won. Correct. That was that's that's. Oh my one. god! Oh, yes. I, yeah. But you can even believe like at the beginning, right? Yeah, there was a, but this, a big check. You know, so, like some happy Gilmore. Two thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Let's go. What did you do with that money, actually? I think I honestly bought your next season with it. <laughs> I think I just put it towards so racing. So much yeah. Burger yeah. King. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, I mean, you guys took taxes out of it and stuff. Yeah, so. sucks, it? California, man, what can you do? What you know, just do? part of yeah. the game. <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember, Derek. Oh, gotcha. But then you win the, the Super Series, which is the all year long mm-hmm. trying to go get this. Yeah, I mean, like, where did I rank them? Like, yeah, what, what if I had be? to choose oh, one to yeah. win over the other? Um, they were close, right? But the Nationals was just that much better. Yeah. I mean, you had not just the local talent. You had people coming in and made it that much better, like you said, over the pond, Germany, things of those sorts, um, different states. Arizona was coming in. Yep. So, Well, it was so cool. It was like the – I mean, it was always on the hottest weekend of the year, right? mm -hmm. So there was this physical endurance. But, dude, like to your point – Back then, too, actually, the races were long. Oh my god! Because we yeah. took the indoor version and we just did the same thing outdoor. So we're mm-hmm. talking half hour heats, right? Hour long pre finals, hour and a half finals, which like, we truncated as the years went on. But in the beginning, they were bloody endurance races. The the mental endurance to get through each day, and at your capacity of what you were doing, like I would like to think what I would be able to do now. But I mean, there is everyone could get through the weekend, but there was a solid five to eight guys that had that mental aspect down of knowing what they had to do each day to either stay right. where they were or how to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. And when, that's... And Derek, you ran in 12, yes? Mm-hmm. Did you run 12 and beyond? Or? I ran all of them except for the last... You, I think I think the last one. Or no, 15 and 16 I didn't do. So you I, ran three of them. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the first year I didn't know what I was doing. I wanted to do it because it was another event at Cal Speed, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize what it was until I honestly showed up. Right. Because it was, in the way I remember it throwing me off, because it was it was a separate Facebook page. It was it's an Sport event. Sportcart USA. It, oh, Sportcart USA. Thank yeah. you. And um, I was like, oh, these are the same people doing this. I had no idea. Right. And I showed up. I'm like, holy shit, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but um, I just showed up to, to do it and then walking away saying, I need to do this every time as much as I can because the learning curve. Not unlike what you just did with the CKNA. Same exact thing. Yeah. And walking I, away with that same feeling. And I text Mike, and that was what I like. It was such a nostalgic feel for me this last weekend at, at Indy because I text Mike, I think after the second day, I'm like, dude, I wish I had this learning curve back in, at the Grands days because mm-hmm. as important as this last weekend was to me, as much fun as it was, the sport card thing is like, I think all of his heartstrings, right? Mm-hmm. And if I could have gotten a little bit more out of those weekends, it would have right. been something special, yeah. you know? And that's, I mean, I think we can all agree, Mike, you never got to race it, unfortunately, but being the, the helmet that created it, being around it was something truly special. It was it was super special. It yeah. was a great event. Yeah. I mean, it was such a good event. Mm. It really was. I was I was talking to Mike before we got on here. I'm like, there's only a few races in the rental sport karting kind of era um, that I went to and, and didn't care what my car pick was. Mm. And it was always the Grands and then my the one race I did in Italy. The oh, KWC. Okay. And those are the only events, like throughout the Super Series, yeah, they were pretty good, but they were on for the Grands, right? right? And I did not care 
what card I got. And that is such a good feeling to go into an event, knowing you're racing against top talent and not being worried about the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always a challenge in the arrive and drive game is the lottery. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we know the lottery is part of the game with arrive. It's the reality. It is what it is. When you sign up, you know, that's part of the gig, you know, there's going to be a variance and it's your job to do the most you can with what you got. However, that's where to Logan's point about, um, you know, getting the most out of the equipment, getting the most out of the rule structure. Back when I was running, mm-hmm. there was a, a, a variable swap. You could like, okay, I guess what my car, how many times? Like there was different elements that you needed to know. But if you don't have to worry about the equipment, then you're in pretty damn good shape. So do you, you saying that, did you not worry about it because you felt like the carts were good or because you felt like you were a good enough driver? No, no, not about me, mm. but the carts were that even. Gotcha. Right? Like, I don't think even if you quote unquote are the best drivers showing up each year and each year, if there's a lottery for those cards, mm-hmm. you don't win three out of five. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that's just, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But the cards were so even it, that all the cream rose to the top. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, you talk about that. And actually, we can, I want to fast forward and encompass all of the grands in one fell swoop here. Maybe a lot of the sport carding, because I want to talk about the fact that you've moved on to competition carding, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, you just say three out of five. So we ran the Sparker Grand Nationals in 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. Uh, $2,000 to win. We paid through top five uh, people from all over the place coming in. And Logan, you won three out of the five of those. Correct. You've also won a pair of Super Series championships along the way. I don't want to talk about Machismo yet. You've also killed it on a lot of those. What about big events? What about, we were just talking about, Derek going to CKNA and what he was able to grab from that and being a part of that. What about those big events do you gravitate to and how is it that a big event you find that little extra? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good question. I think it comes down to just getting everything you possibly can and also separating the men from the boys. Uh, what I mean by that is say you're a tier system, right? You have your A, B, C, and D. The B-tiered B guy, if the talent's not there, can get through a heat race in a fourth fourth place, right? Um, and then he comes in the next race, gets a rocket, if you will, and can beat you, and you guys are tied. You bring all that talent into one place, that B-tier guy drops down to 20th, and that A-tier guy is fighting for a top five week or day in and day out. The cream rises to the top much easier, I feel, um, and the correct type of driver is winning that type of event. Does that make sense? It does. Mm-hmm. It does. It, I'd be curious your thought process on what creates said tier, because experience is one thing, but the right kind of experience goes a long way. Do you think it's your time in Europe? Do you think it's your time against these? We, we talk about, you said earlier, when you were doing the KWC and you got the junior championship, being around these high level drivers for a long period of time and how maybe they accelerated your growth versus maybe somebody who only runs locally. I parlay this into a conversation of a club racer in competition karting doing regional for the first time or a club racer who skips regional and goes to national or have Mm -hmm. you right. Skipping the steps before learning everything there is to learn. When you, when you look at this, you know, it's been a few years now, when you look back on it, what do you think is the big catalyst to your growth overall. We talk about mental, 
but really, what is the overarching? If you want to get better quicker, what's the thing? For me, I had a lot of mentors. Let's just put it that way. Um, I was a young buck, and I had a lot of good drivers in their own areas that I pieced from. Coaching. Not just necessarily coaching, just being around them, picking up on things. And they wanted to help out the kid, right? So I took stuff from Diego. I took stuff from John. I took stuff from Miles and these people, and I made it my own. Would you call it passive coaching? It's passive coaching. Like you're, they're not like, it's not their job to coach you. No. But they're there and you're just soaking it up. Correct. We go to these national events and we're working together as a team. Yeah. Right. We're there to be SRD. So we go back to the hotel. We pull up all our GoPro footage and I'm listening. What are they doing? What are they doing through that corner? Just being, uh, yeah. Just soaking it a all sponge. up. Yeah. Soaking it all up. And then once I gained the skills myself, I made it my own. Um, but yeah, just being around those types of people um, and really having that team aspect and going to those types of events is kind of how I feel like I developed. That's funny you say that because I, I said the same thing when I first got back into karting. I started working at an indoor track called Psychart and uh, I'm I'm hanging out with, there's a kid from, I, I think it's Casey. I don't remember the dude's name, but he was the mechanic at Psychart when I first showed up in 2003. And he's small, but awesome. And I thought that I knew what I was doing because 10 years prior when I was 12, I was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, man, I, f- I feel like I'm I'm okay. At that time, I'm probably like 165. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> and Pre-puberty, probably. <laughs> I hate you, Derek. <laughs> so anyway. 165, man. That's a solid weight. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Are we editing that? Uh, yeah. We are editing that. <laughs> But I got him and I got uh, Aaron Nelton that comes in. There's talent that comes in, and I'm soaking it up. They're not coaching me, but I'm watching them drive. Yeah. I'm listening to them talk about it. Derek, I think you talked about it earlier. Like, what do you, you know, just being around it, you know, how do you get better? I think that's part of the deal. Like, if you're, if you're getting into karting, it doesn't matter what age you are or what level you are, who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm has a direct effect on your ability to grow. Yeah. What you do, whether that's people you surround yourself with, the, I mean, no joke, the podcast you listen to mm-hmm. or the videos you watch. Things, Stuff that has an influence. Right. We, mm-hmm. We're doing the podcast with Craig Stanton back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about the fact that, Derek, you and I are running open practice and we're watching it. We're always... We're diagnosing what's going on. Engaged. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. brain is automatically going, oh, too early on that apex. That's why you spot. Like our brain is engaged in that program. Yeah, Logan, you're talking about in the early days being around people who know more than you do, mm-hmm. and just by default, you can't help but get better if you pay attention. Correct. And to be fair, you're also a teenager, not eight, nine, ten years old. We're playing football. Yeah. In between is a little bit better of a, of a deal. But at the end of the day. It's a informal mentorship. It's an informal coaching program. Correct. And we did 12-hour events together. Right. Things of those sorts. Mm-hmm. So they want me on pace. Sure. <laughs> yeah. For the, so they're going to help. They're going to give you their in, best shot. In a direct way as well. Yeah. Right. So, um, but like I said, it was just being around that, um, soaking in what I could, and then really making it my own come that 2012 yeah. era. Yeah. So the the one thing I want to touch on is we, we're going to cap the sport carding thing off in a second, but... One of the things that I, I really enjoyed about Miles' story was 
and again, coming from the older brother perspective, but he was talking about how, you know, he was your coach, you know, the mentor, you know, at some point it's kind of a father figure. Um, you guys were always doing everything together. And at some point it went from him being all those things to you being equal and then a little bit surpassing him. If we can talk about that dynamic changing a little bit, because uh, once we got into competition carding, stuff just changed entirely. Yeah. But in the sport carding things, how did that kind of, from your perspective, what do you think? Because yeah. we heard his part. And to add to that, the way it culminates uh, into the 2016 program where you and your brother actually go against each other, not only for the Grand Nationals Championship, but also the Super Series Championship. Yeah, I mean, it built up to that year, right? I yeah. mean, once I started winning come 12, 13, um, I think Miles was excited for me. Like At first. Yeah. like he, Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't care that he was losing to me. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, he was proud. He, yeah, he's proud, right? So we always worked together. And it was, if I'm not winning, I want you to win, right? right? And that's how we worked all the way up until I think he got tired of losing to me. Uh, um, yep. And then once I got that third grands, um, going into that super series, he's like- And that third grands was 2016 in the summer. Yeah. He wants this one. And his mental changed. But through all those years- from my perspective, there was never a battle between us. We were always still trying to figure out how we can be better. And then wherever the chips fall, if it's him or me, that's what it is. So the yeah. entire time, it was always a very positive relationship between you and your brother. From my perspective, yes. We, I mean, I, I can't remember see, if he said something different. No, it seemed but, that way from him. But it was never a... And again, we're talking about Logan in the shadow in the early days. Obviously, you bust out of that right and 12 on but you're saying there was never a uh rivalry no it wasn't talking crap to each other on the way home if i beat you i or, think it would like from what he said and stuff that you've shared in the past like it was stuff of frustration like why didn't you do that or why didn't you do this not like you screwed me or anything no no we always worked together and we were always just trying to better each other right mm -hmm. if i learned something about that track yeah. I ran to Miles and said, hey, you need to late apex that corner. Mm -hmm. It is at least a tenth faster and vice versa. Yeah. And that was always how we kind of stayed on the top of our game. So it was never a competition. I never withheld information that I found out or didn't help him on the track. Yeah. It was pure teamwork that I think allowed us to stay near the top. I, I do remember after... I, from his episode, I do remember him talking about after those Grand Nationals, though, you win the, the 2016 Sport Car Grand Nationals. He knows he's still going against you for the overall championship. He goes, well, and again, they happen in the summer. There's only like three races left in the regular championship yeah. by the time Grants happens. He goes, the rides home were different because you guys are riding right. together. Yeah. The rides home were different. I'm not sharing information with Logan like I was. I'm not doing things like I was. Let's just cap your sport carding game off with the last part of 2016. Yeah. That's when things changed. 100%. <laughs> um, we came back, and I thought things were status quo. You know, we... Well, yeah, you're doing the same stuff yeah. you usually do, winning races. It's working out for me. <laughs> so we come back. I think things are status quo. I mean, I think we went one, two, or both were on the podium like that whole year. Yeah. Like we were just dominating. Killing it. Everyone. He won the first, I want to say, three races in a row or two, uh, three out of four or something like well, that. Well, this was, yeah. the, I'm pretty sure this was the year of like 
like not trying to kiss ass, but one of my favorite Cal Speed photos is of him and then you crossing the line and both you have your fist up like looking right at the camera. Yeah. yeah like, and it's like you just like offset from his bumper just a yeah. smidge and it's like, God, it's such a cool thing. And, and, and I'll put my hand up as adding fuel to the fire because as a hype man, as a promotions guy, right. I'm talking brothers war the entire time. Mm-hmm. But the, it was Logan versus Miles, Calvin versus Calvin. and Because you guys ended up clearing... Once Aaron Scott fell down the ropes a little bit, it was Calvin versus Calvin. We had third cleared. Exactly yeah. that. Third cleared. It and was literally you versus him. But going back to that photo, Derek, that's how we were. That's how right. I felt. I would rather get second and Miles get first and do that one-two than me winning and Miles getting like third or fourth. Yeah. Like that was more important to me. And it was the same way both Flipped. directions. Yeah. So... It was a true team. That's how I always felt. It was about helping each other. And like I said, I would rather go 1-2 with me getting second. That's why I was so excited mm-hmm. to come across 1-2. I'm fist pumping like we just did it. We're a team. Yeah. 1-2. Yeah. You guys beat them, not... Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Calvin's versus the world. Calvin's one. World zero. Correct. So that's how that whole season was going. And sometimes I would win. Sometimes he would win just based on how the chips fell. Yeah. But after that grand, Miles once this one for him yeah and i didn't know that <laughs> and i did not he did not communicate did you, he did didn't you not pick up on no. that dude logan's all naive having a happy meal on the way home just like not a knowing that meal. not knowing that miles is ignoring him for the hour drive you know <laughs> miles would buy it for him just to shut him up yeah there you go no i mean we still talk the same, the same in my page. opinion like uh-huh. things were still the same until we got on, you guys track. are both very good at the politics. I'll give you that. Miles, so maybe he just got you with that. Miles is better at politics than Logan is. I don't know. He's the best politics are the ones you don't know about. Oh, that was it God. then, I guess. So <laughs> apparently, Miles is doing the most politics against Logan. Yeah, <laughs> but anywho, we get on track, and it was status quo. We come out first and second. Yeah, Miles break checks me. Trying to draw a penalty. Do you remember what corner that was? Going down right before. Oh, of course he does. <laughs> yep. So going down the hill right here uh-huh. um, before the header pin. So oh, okay. The right hander. Yeah, yeah. Where you put the left wheels yeah, on the yeah, curb. Yeah. So it's a hard braking zone. Yeah. But he braked early and hard. And I slam him. And he sells it. Goes sliding out on the exit. I'm like, this guy, he's trying to draw a penalty on me. Where did this come from? Mm-hmm. And then it was an all-out battle. He couldn't imagine why it, he would be trying to do that. But is, I, this, <laughs> is, is this a classic Grand Prix? I don't remember. Because it would be that same direction, It bro. could be. It could be. I just remember that corner. But we never had anger towards each other. Mm-hmm. It was always a respectful battle. I actually was proud of him. Like, okay, bring it on. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I'm excited about this. And we raced each other hard, but our dominance stopped for the rest of the year because mm-hmm. we weren't working together anymore. Right. So we were maybe making podiums but there was new winners coming out right because we were trying to pull points away from each other we didn't care what the end result was if i got third and you got fourth i still beat you on the day yep and Mm -hmm. that was the mentality and uh (laughs) going into that last race i wanted miles to earn it like i was excited for miles and this is full transparency to win the super series because i felt i had won a lot of things Right. And, and you would be correct. And I really felt like it was Miles' turn. Mm-hmm. But I was not going to hand it to him. He was going to have to earn it. Yeah. You, wait, you went into it a Miles fan. And I still came out a Miles fan. 
Did that? But that did, did that check your aggression? Did that check your get after it? In that I was going to ask something like because that because you yeah. guys went into it. I mean, I, I, man, I want to go back and see what I wrote. I, I made a big damn deal about you guys going against each other because it was fun as hell for me. But it was close. Yeah. yeah. Where, did you? Did you? Did you pull a punch? I don't. I don't know what you exactly mean by pulling uh, d- a punch. Did, did you go? Pull a did punch. you drive ninety percent instead of hundred percent? Exactly. No, that. no, no. That's exactly what I mean. Is I wanted him to earn it. Yeah. And I still threw everything at him, but I was still excited to see him win. Well, I that's, gotcha. that's after the fact. Yeah. Going into it, you were still trying to beat him. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I, when you yeah. guys go to the finale, and I mean the finale, the mm-hmm. a main, the last race. We're talking about a handful of points between the two of you guys. Correct. I had to beat him by do you, two. So there it is. That answers my question. Do you know what you need to do? 100%. You do. And I was still trying to do it. And I was giving it 100%. I needed to beat him by two positions. You, going and, into the aim. And you know this. Yes. Going to the finale. I don't know where you guys start. Maybe you do. We were near the front. Towards the front. Yeah. I want to say towards the end of this race, the conversation is the race win. I do know for a fact, I want to say it's Henry Morris that ends up getting away. Correct. Yeah. You changed the game from let's go get the W to I'm going to try and bring the entire world because <laughs> you guys had kind of broken away. If I remember right, it's Henry, yourself, and Miles, not necessarily in that order, but you guys have got a pretty good handle on things. Correct. It eventually becomes the world is on your butts. Yeah. I could, I could talk through this. Rock and roll. All right. So, yes, going into the last A-Main, we've been battling for the last three rounds, um, not helping each other, things of those sorts. Going into the A-Main, I needed two carts in between us to win the championship. So, going into the A-Main, me, Miles, and Henry break away. And Henry has a rocket. And I'm barely able to keep up with him, but it pulls us away from the field. And Miles stays on my bumper. And about halfway through the race, I'm going, Miles is just going to stay there. I'm going to get second. He's going to get third. I just lost He's going to win. He, he has yeah. the championship. What can I do? And I probably slowed my lap times down by at least two seconds a lap. Start lifting a little bit more in some other spots. It was yeah. at least a half. And then the worst laps were in the neighborhood of two plus. Yeah, Oof. they were rough. Because you guys had a solid lead. Henry's up there like, I'm so good. Oh, I mean, yeah, it was like the the largest, easiest one he's ever had, the largest win in Super Series history. But, um, yeah, so going down into the hairpins where I knew he couldn't pass me, I almost come to a stop in the breaking zone and then go. So the field caught us with about three laps ago, I want to say, somewhere around there. And I'm just doing every. I'm driving the blue line down inside. And I look back at pictures, and it's just 15 carts Dude, behind us. It was a cloud of people. Yeah. And Miles went from, I got this into the bag, to stressing, to stressing. So I made him work for it. There was no doubt. I, I, I wanted to win. It's not that mm-hmm. I didn't want to win. I was just, if I'm not going to win, at least it was Miles. Right? Right. So, um, you, you knew that going in, though. Yeah. The, the way the points were, it, it was, was one or the it other. Was a, it was a safe... It was a safe scenario for mm-hmm. your for your mentality of, if not me, then Miles. Yes, but f you, Miles. Yeah, I, I'm oh, going go. to give it to you. I'm going to give. Yeah. I'm going to give it everything I have, and if you beat me, given it everything I have, 
you're going to feel so much better about that win, right? For his championship. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I did what I could. And I think he dropped two spots back at one point. Mm-hmm. And no, had, he did. Yeah, absolutely. He had lost the championship at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. And had to work his way back up. So, yeah. I mean, it was just a great way to end the season. Yeah. You couldn't write it any better. No. And, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, Miles beat me. Yeah. And I'm not ever going to say I didn't give 100%. I gave 100% and he beat me straight up. Awesome, and that's, dude. It was a great season. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That was part one of the Full Caster Podcast, episode 50 with Logan Calvin. Be sure to catch part two as well. Yeah.